today's lesson, um, oh, talking about goals and dreams. I need to get more exercise uh, to take care of my heart. I got a little heart problem that I need to clean out some arteries, so I need to get more active. And it's hard to do that alone, right? It's hard to do that by yourself. In January, gym memberships go way, way up, right? People uh, sign up for gym memberships. They buy exercise equipment, uh, treadmills and bicycles, right? And um, I thought about this, and some people uh, are, are spurred on toward their goals either by the carrot or the stick, <laughs> right? Either the carrot or the stick. Um, when you pay thousands of dollars for an annual gym membership for three years, that's kind of like the stick. It's like, oh, all right, I paid all this money. I guess I better go. There's that accountability that's built in. Same thing with buying an expensive piece of, uh, I don't know, gym equipment and whatnot. Um, if you get to know me a little bit more, I'm, I'm really an efficiency kind of nut. Um, sometimes I'll have anal paralysis by analysis, right, looking for the best possible situation. Um, but as far as exercise and things like that, for some of you know that I've taught uh, uh, self-defense classes for like 15 or so years and made a little business out of it. And I, I don't need to go to the gym because I get to exercise with the kids. <laughs> so it's kind of the best of all worlds. But it's kind of interesting that God, God gives us the desires of our hearts, our goals and dreams. And I've had this... Um, uh, thought and dream that I've bounced off God, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I were able to teach self-defense classes at UC Davis Health Center um, and get paid for it? <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be uh, 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 wonderful? Well, an opportunity came up that they do exercise classes for just general wellness. That's a big buzzword these days for all the corporate workers. So they have free gym classes. And I bounced a, a class off the, the, uh, the uh, administrator of that. And now I get paid to teach self-defense classes to adults that go toward my sick leave in retirement. It's like, wow, God really gave me the desire of my heart there. So that's kind of a, not really a, a, the stick, that's really a carrot. It's like motivates me to uh, uh, exercise and get more physical with um, during the week. So praise God, I'm able to do that uh, uh, twice a week now at UC Davis in the evenings after work. So it's kind of a fun thing to look forward to at the end of the day. So there's different ways of moving towards our goals, the carrot or the stick, or accountability with one another. What, is, what did the, those wonderful scriptures say that we talked about? Um, as iron sharpens iron, right? As iron sharpens iron, that's kind of like the, that's not really the carrot, that's more the stick, I think, you know? Hearing a, an accountable word from our brother or our sister. But uh, last uh, week before that, we talked about the coming of Christ and why Jesus had to come. We talked about even uh, the Magi and people outside of Jerusalem and even in ancient China, has uh, this knowledge of uh, that there would be a savior to take away the sins of the world. So I was thinking this week, we're going to talk about maybe, I'm going to start a series maybe about the sayings of Jesus, 
the teachings of Jesus? Or, kind of largely, what is the kingdom of God all about? Okay? Uh, you know, we talk about Easter and Christmas, and Christmas we had all the regalia, the decorations about the baby Jesus, and the Christmas plays, and, and uh, Charlie Brown and Linus talking about um, this is what Christmas is all about. Okay, we talked about why Jesus had to come, taken away of our sins of the world, but what of some of the teachings of Jesus. So we're going to be talking about that in the coming weeks ahead. Uh, we discussed why uh, Jesus had to come to bless all nations. Uh, Abraham's promise was not literal, right? Not a literal king, um, but a, uh, a king and conqueror of sin and death and victory over evil and the grave. So we talked about that. Where is the kingdom of God? We talked about many months ago when I was here, right? Where is the kingdom of God? Is it out there? Is it a political? Is it a nation? No, it's within each of our hearts. This is where God sets up his kingdom in the individual. So not exactly sure what to call this uh, next series of messages that I'm going to bring, sayings of Jesus, teachings of Jesus, or what is the kingdom of God? Hey, what is the kingdom of God that we're about? So this is kind of the directions we'll be headed in the weeks to come. And I thought about uh, this parable, this teaching of Jesus. Um, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, right? Have, have you heard, heard some of these uh, famous uh, quotes from Jesus? So the question is, where did this parable come from? It's the parable of the sower. In Luke 8, so go ahead and open your Bibles and follow along. We're going to be uh, reading this parable and asking what does it mean and see if we can get some practical application out of it, all right? So reading out of Luke 8, um, in verse 4, it says, Then he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow seeds. And he was scattering the seed, and some fell upon the path, and it was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. And verse 6, some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered away because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop. A hundred times more than was sown. When Jesus said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Famous quote by Jesus, right? I kind of love this. Um, so the question is, let's do a little Bible study, all right? I kind of went through this little Bible study as you... One of your uh, uh, goals for the year, I'd encourage you to get into the Bible, Start reading it. Um, if you're a follower of God, you know, coming to church is part of uh, worship, part of your Christian walk, part of your development in maturity. Uh, certainly during the pandemic, you know, listening to messages online and picking up this and that and, and uh, maybe your personal time of worship is important too. 
prayer, Bible study, and getting together with others to spur each other on. But there's a wonderful Bible program. I was going to say, if, if anybody here does not have a Bible, um, I would speak to uh, the leadership, and I think that would be a wonderful thing that the church can provide Bibles for people. Uh, what other thing uh, should we spend uh, God's money on is to distribute God's word is maybe distributing some really nice, uh, maybe NIV study Bibles uh, for those that you don't have one. For the younger generation, um, if you consider part of the younger generation, um, there are, I mean, you have your God's Word, seven translations on your iPhone now that you could look up. And so um, I subscribe to Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway, um, it has wonderful um, there's, a, there's a free version of it, and there's a subscription version of it that's very inexpensive, but you could see different translations. You could see Greek, what it says in Greek and, and Hebrew, and uh, has commentaries as well. So Bible Gateway, I'd encourage you to uh, uh, maybe have a goal of reading your Bible more um, in 2000, uh, what is it, 23 <laughs> now. Okay, so we're going to go on a little journey of, uh, of Bible study. What does this parable mean? Okay, what is the context? That's the first thing that you could do. So if you, uh, the wonderful thing about the, the computer, you could type in little sayings of Jesus or little things that you've heard, and it'll pop up. And uh, if, if you get the wording right, um, you could search. And if it doesn't work, uh, uh, to search in these programs, the wording has to be exactly right to the translation, like the NIV or the King James Version. It, that has all the these and thous and things like that. So um, if you're having trouble finding what you uh, are, are looking for, just stick it in Google search. <laughs> uh, I find that's a really good thing because Google searches searches everything, not necessarily a particular translation. So if you hear of a... Uh, you've heard of this saying before and you want to see where it is in the Bible and you want to study it, that's a good way to uh, search it. So the first question is this parable of the sower and the seed. What is the context? All right. The context is uh, Jesus was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God in many towns. That's kind of the context. Um, it's a lot of words there that we need to kind of get our hands around, right? Um, uh, accepting Jesus into your heart, following God, the kingdom of God is kind of, kind of squirrely, right? It's very broad, and uh, there are many traditions, many denominations as well that articulate what is this kingdom of God. We already established why Jesus had to come, right, to take away the sins of the world, um, and God establishes his kingdom in our hearts. But uh, Jesus, as we read the Gospels, talks about the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of debate about what the kingdom of God really was, right? So this is the context. So in verse, uh, right before the parable, um, in chapter 8, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming, the good news of the kingdom of God. 
Again, that sounds a little broad, doesn't it? What was the good news and what was the kingdom of God? Kind of poses those questions. It'd be nice to articulate that uh, for yourself. Then it says the 12, 12 were with him. His disciples were with him at this time. Uh, Mary Magdalene was with him. Um, other women were with him and they supported each other. And in verse 4, it says, while a large crowd was gathering, people were coming to Jesus from town after town. So this was, uh, the word was spreading about Jesus. Um, have any of you seen uh, the movie series, The Chosen? Yeah? It's kind of a, a nice audio-visual depiction of kind of the life and times of Jesus and the Gospels. Uh, we just got through season one. Um, it, it was, it's free on Netflix or something like that. Um, I'm not sure where you can get the other versions, but uh, the, the season one is free, uh, available now. Um, but this is talking about the life and times of Jesus. And so Jesus was going from town to town, and they were getting, having large crowds, okay? Large crowds around. So at the beginning of it said, beginning of verse 8, eight it said, after this. Well, it poses the question, after what, right? So the, he told this parable, after, after what? So if you go in chapter 7 and 6 and 5, this is some of the highlights that I discovered to give context. Jesus not only was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, but he was demonstrating it. So that's kind of cool. You could talk about the kingdom of God. Well, what is it? But Jesus was demonstrating it. So some of the highlights in chapter 5, uh, Jesus calls his first disciples. There were many healings. He calls Levi the tax collector. He teaches uh, that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He was healing on the Sabbath, and he was getting criticized for doing things on the Sabbath. And he said, this, I am the, the Lord, was, uh, the Sabbath was made for me. So basically, there's lots of healing and teaching. This is where we see the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' famous, uh, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. The upside down nature of the kingdom of God. In chapter 7, he begins his ministry in Capernaum. Jesus heals the centurion's servant due to his faith. So this was even a Gentile. So this kind of foretold what the kingdom of God was all about. It wasn't just for uh, the Jewish people. And it was for... So uh, the, the uh, centurion was a Gentile, was a non-Jew. So this foretold of that this uh, kingdom of God was going to be big. Coming through the nation of Israel, but they're going way, way beyond its borders. Um, Jesus raises a widow's son who had passed away. So this was, you know, we talk about the resurrection of Jesus, and that's kind of the crux of our faith and the power that released God's Holy Spirit, right? But here, this kind of foretold of what the kingdom was going to be like. A widow's uh, only son passed away, and Jesus felt her pain, says his heart went out to her, and he gives her son back to her. So this is some of the context. 
Jesus demonstrates and proclaims the good news of the kingdom of God. And then there's this interesting dialogue of uh, some of John the Baptist's disciples came to check out what was going on and uh, asked Jesus, are you the one that John foretold about? Right? John's big purpose in life was to prepare the way that one is coming, right? To be, become the king of the world. And uh, so the disciples came to ask Jesus, are you the one that uh, John foretold? And this is what Jesus said, report back, to, report that the blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaim to the poor. After this, Jesus eats with sinners and sins are forgiven. Um, so this is what the kingdom of God was starting to develop. The good news was proclaimed to the poor. It wasn't just this high bar of religious acts that you had to go through at the time. Uh, at the time, the uh, Jewish priests were separated uh, sinners from those who were not sinners, <laughs> okay? Those who had God's favor and those who didn't. Um, so the good news was that God came, Jesus came to eat with, poor people, and sinners. And that is, it was accessible to everyone. And the results of Genesis 3, um, of the fall of humanity, the sins of humanity, were reversed. What were the consequences of Adam and Eve? Right? Physical death and disease eventually, and that they were separated from God. So this is kind of the many facets, I would say, if you're, uh, many facets of this good news of the kingdom of God. That is, the good news is proclaimed to the poor, and the results of sin in Genesis 3 that we discussed last month are reversed. Death and disease are reversed. So this is the context. So after all this, after chapter 7, Jesus demonstrating and talking about the kingdom of God, he told them this parable. And so the parable of the sowers and the seeds. So after this, the disciples asked him what this parable meant. And it's interesting, uh, parables, um, parables, uh, para, Para is, uh, is kind of a, a word that means uh, to throw alongside of, throw alongside of. So it's like a, a story thrown alongside life to illustrate a teaching. So a parable, parable. So Jesus, in this instance, um, certainly told parables to teach. There are many, many one-line parables in the book of Proverbs, so if you want to look about, you know, what is a parable? What are the parables of the Bible? Uh, Jesus told parables as well. So this is one of the interesting ones where 
you don't have to do much Bible study to understand what the parable meant because Jesus himself explains what the parable was about. So that was, that's kind of cool. So let's go ahead and read on here. Um, the disciples asked, what is the meaning of this parable? So in verse 10, 8, 10, Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. So interesting, what did that mean? What did that mean? So uh, Jesus taught in parables about the secrets of the kingdom of God that are given to his disciples, his followers, okay? So um, I, got, I kind of like this phrase because it speaks of those that are truly earnestly wanting to learn about the kingdom of God God has teachings available for you. It's revealed for us that are seeking God. However, those that have no interest in following God, they'll read the same parable and be confused. <laughs> those that are looking to poke holes in the, the religion of Christianity are, are, will read the same parables they'll see everything that have, has been uh, 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 unfolded. They'll hear everything that has been taught, and they'll still not hear, okay? So um, it hearkens to um, some of the references in the Bible. You know, if you have ears to hear, eyes to see, God is going to reveal that to you. If you seek God, if you seek me with all of your heart, mind, and soul, God will be revealed to you. So that's a promise of God that we could take heart in. Some things aren't as clear. When I was growing up in the pews of this church, I, I remember uh, coming, coming up to... That's why I wanted this up here, uh, so I could put my water here so I knock it down. <laughs> I remember... Uh, coming up to the altar when the church was empty and, and being very sometimes frustrated at God. Like, why isn't, why isn't things more clear, right? Um, but for those, God promises, for those that truly seek after God, that have a hunger and desire to know the truth, God reveals truth to us. That is a promise of God. So let's move on. Um, the meaning of the parable. So Jesus says, um, well, the seed is the word of God. And those that are along the path are the ones that hear. And the devil comes and takes away the word from those from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. So some of the uh, seeds are cast along the ground. And the birds, the original one, uh, the birds uh, take it away. And so here is Satan, the devil, this actor, the tempter, coming up again, right? This, uh, uh, a lot of people don't believe in the devil, don't believe in Satan or spirits or supernatural things. But as we discussed in Genesis, 
Satan was a real character, not only in that little child's Bible story of Adam and Eve and the tree and the serpent, but he is alive and well today as a force against good, a force against God. And this is what happens. We hear a good word, and sometimes the devil um, will take away the word from our hearts, and the result is people will not believe and they will not gain salvation or be saved. I also posed another question. What is the word of God nowadays? What would you say the word of God is? Remember, you know, nowadays we, we think this is the word of God, right? This is the word of God. Um, but in Jesus' context, the New Testament wasn't written yet, <laughs> right? And uh, so they had the Old Testament, and some of the Jews uh, only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. So that was part of the word of God, right? But with the coming of Jesus, what, is the John, what, is, what does the Apostle John say at the beginning of his book? In the beginning was what? The word. And the word was with God, and the word was God, right? So Jesus is also the seed, the word of God. So everything about the life, everything Jesus is, everything he does, everything he teaches is also the word of God, all right? So the Old Testament Everything that Jesus is, does, and teaches is the word of God. And now us, looking uh, 2,000 years later, we have what? The life and times of the word of God. Right? Jesus was the word. So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we have the life and times of the word of God. And then after Jesus died and rose again, he gave the Holy Spirit. And then after the gospel is a life and times of the Holy Spirit of God working in and through the church. And now that makes our complete, <laughs> what we call the word of God now. Interesting, right? So the word of God is very com uh, multifaceted now. Multifaceted. So, what was the seed? The seed is the word of God, everything that Jesus is, does, and teaches, and will do at that time in the context of the parable. It was the Old Testament, the prophecies, and the history of the Jews, and the history of mankind, right, in Genesis that we talked about, and the New Testament now. So, those that... Uh, we're along the path, we're the hearers, and sometimes the word of God is snatched away by Satan. Now, some of the seed, some of the word of God falls on rocky ground, and the ones who hear it receive it with joy, but when they hear it, they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I had a hard time uh, processing this passage here. Um, apparently, roots are developed in times of testing. 
And we could take a whole series on, on uh, examples of that and what that means in life. But this is a hard thing to preach about, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, we want to come to church for God's love and grace, not trial and testing. <laughs> but this is apparently where um, our roots are, are developed. Look, look at what Romans 5, 3 uh, says, and I, and I threw this up last time, where we need support and encouragement with the, in the context of small groups. Romans 5, 3, suffering produces perseverance, Perseverance produces character, and character, hope. Well, that sounds all nice, but um, I'm more of the carrot type of person than the stick. <laughs> That's kind of how I've lived my life as a young person. Um, I've kind of wanted to do the right thing because I didn't want to be punished by God, or I didn't want to go through trial. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be the 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 Jonah guy. Uh, thrown in the body, uh, belly of a whale, right? To, to be shaken up, to be woken up. Um, I'm more of the carrot type of person than the stick. But trials, testing is what produces our deep roots and our deep faith. Apparently, our faith is developed in real life, another way of saying it, right? And... Uh, um, I think that just goes with my personality. Uh, I forgot what the uh, survey was. That I'm an otter. Um, what, what was that survey? There's, you could be a lion, an otter, a beaver. Oh, there's another one. A lion, otter, beaver. You know, it has to do with your personalities, right? That's kind of my core personality is a is an otter. And you just look otters. They you know they just eat and play and swim, <laughs> things like that. Um, but this is a tough thing to uh, talk about. But if you have lived a number of years, you know that life is filled with trial, struggle, right? Life is filled with struggle. And if you look at, um, I remember uh, at, our, at our current house that we live in, they made us plant trees and talking about all the trees that are falling down with shallow roots, right? Um, they plopped down trees in our, in our front yard, and they would have these, uh, like, training wheel stakes next to it. And they put stakes ne next to it so it wouldn't uh, fall down. And apparently over a period of time, as it grows up, like, I don't know, when it's a juvenile tree, you're supposed to take the, the stakes away. And... There's always this little fear of when you take it away, it kind of goes, like this. <laughs> it's not ready for it. It's not ready to, to stand on, on its own. So interesting enough, um, my neighbor uh, got, uh, planted uh, uh, the same tree. So it's like 30 feet away, right? He never took away the stakes of his tree. Never took the stakes away. And you look at his tree and ours tree. Our tree just grew and grew and grew, right? After that adolescent period, we took away the stakes and we weren't quite sure. But trees, when, when uh, 
when it, they under, undergo stress and things like that, they develop deeper roots is what happens under the stress. You look at trees on the coast that are batted by the wind uh, year after year, they develop deep, deep root systems. But trees that are never undergo any stress, they just are dependent on these uh, little uh, uh, crutches and they don't develop right. So it's an illustration uh, that just came to mind that's kind of uh, applicable with all the trees uh, blowing down right now. But life brings testing. And it, there are very many examples in the Bible as well that, you know, God doesn't always bring the trial. Sometimes the trial is the result of sin, right? Uh, the prodigal son, the trials he went through, right? Um, you know, we could take a diversion on this some other day. <clears throat> but not all trials are brought by God. Uh, that's a very complex thing. The prodigal son, a lot of his trials were brought on by himself, right? But we look at uh, the book of Job. All of Job's trials were a testing of him. Not brought on by Job, but brought on by God. That's interesting, right? And sometimes the trials are brought in by the sins of others. They just get us caught up in it. So, it's important to uh, reiterate the importance of a supportive group, supportive and accountability group to process our hurts, habits, our hang-ups, our trials as well. And the last part, some of the feed seed fell among the thorns. Let's see. The seed that fell among the thorns, uh, for those who hear, that doesn't read very well. Did I write that wrong? The seeds that fell among the thorns stands, oh, stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way are choked up by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature so we're going to kind of end on this practical application. It's, I, I love how this uh, uh, parable goes. It not only talks about um, all these broader themes, but very applicable here. Some of the seed falls among the thorns, and it stands for those who hear, but is choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Think about that. This is a amazing verse for Americans, right? This might not be applicable in, I don't know, Brazil, the barrios of Brazil, or third world countries, but this is super applicable to America. We are uh, uh, occupied, so to speak, with life's worries, our riches, and pleasures. So I thought about this. Um, why do we worry so much? Why do you think? I think we worry so much because we try to control everything around us, <laughs> is what it is. And I think what this is, is um, it causes us to be like a little demigod, um, a controller or made in God's image, 
taking over the worries and cares of what God should have. So that is kind of breaking the first commandment. What is the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So when we try to control everything, we are acting, taking the place of God. So uh, the result of that is worries. <laughs> we try to be God over we try to control the things, the, the people around us, especially if it involves people, if we try to control the people around us. Um, parents, our brothers, mother-in-law, uh, kids, and whatnot. If we try to control others, that's going to just drive us nuts and realizing we don't have that control over the people. Right? And the sooner we give that up, the more peace that we'll have in life. Then, of course, riches. And I just wrote, uh, you know, what do riches give us? They give us power. They give us position. And our possessions occupy us. That's what a lot of Americans are consumed with. What happens is we don't mature. It occupies us. Occupies our time and energy. And this is why we need accountability. As iron sharpens iron, we need to spur one another on toward good works. And finally, the seed that fell on the good soil are those that hear the word of God and that have a noble and good heart, who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So some interesting things there that we talked about um, uh, throughout today is uh, uh, the accountability to understand, hear God's word, and to retain it, and to study it. So making it a, a goal of yours, you know, you have to ask yourself, how much do I really read God's word? Right? How much do I really read God's word? Do I have a regular time to do that? You know, we talk about that a lot, you know, I have a regular prayer and Bible study time, but, uh, like I said, for me, I've accomplished most of my goals if it's centered around a class, if there was some accountability to it. Um, um, Bible Study Fellowship has a wonderful, you know, curriculum that you could sign up for. You know, that's the thing, is you could, you could uh, buy these wonderful programs. Uh, Bible Study Gateway gives you, you know, 12 different versions of the Bible in Hebrew and Greek and commentaries and explain everything that you would want to know about the kingdom of God. And it even has Bible study plans and reading plans and things like that. But if you don't have any accountability, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, how many years have we lived? Uh, and how many uh, of these plans have we ignored? <laughs> you know, and so unless you kind of sign up for that, some of that accountability, um, it's difficult to accomplish our goals and dreams. So this talks about those who hear the word and retain it, okay, meditating. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Um, uh, Blessed is the person who meditates on God's word day and night, who produce fruit in their own season, right? They, they, will, they will be like streams, uh, trees planted by streams of water, connected to the source, so by retaining it and by persevering. 
So this, uh, to me, in today's context of the message, talks about uh, life. You know, as, as the Word of God is applied to our life, as we uh, share our trials or struggles, real life with each other, um, God's Word uh, produces a crop in our life. So that is the importance of support, accountability, and creating a safe and confidential right, environment to share our lives with. So thanks for your kind attention today. This is a, a little exercise in Bible study, um, starting with the teachings and sayings of Jesus. And sometimes you'll just kind of open up that little verse, and uh, you have to broaden out to see what is the context of that verse, and what does it all mean? And um, so in the weeks to come, we'll be talking more about the sayings of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, of what is this kingdom of God that God ushered in, all right? So let's bow in prayer as we close. God, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for um, stopping the rain for a moment uh, in the storm that we can gather together and share fellowship with each other, praise and worship with each other, um, encouraging each other, not uh, forgetting to meet together, spurring one another on toward good works. So we thank you for the sweet fellowship that you give us in the context of this church. We uh, ask and pray for the direction, future directions of this church as they have a congregational meeting today we pray for the leadership meetings as well, um, looking for uh, direction from you, God, God willing, um, as you direct and prompt and guide uh, uh, Park Vista First Chinese to what the next step is in their journey and serving you, God. So these things we ask and pray in your son's name. Amen.